for a spin like you to come on the podcast. You gotta get into the mic. Oh, you gotta wake up, Svan. What are you doing? <laughs> Check. We gotta start the show. Hello, Pete. Welcome to another episode of the Art and Span Show. Thank you so much for listening. If you have subscribed to the RSS feed, we appreciate you. One subscription equals one child uh, not going homeless. Uh, I would like to not support that claim. It's a matter of it, it was well. I know it was just like a, I was trying to come up with something like you know, <laughs> one dollar goes to. My pocketbook. Yeah, I, okay, that's more honest. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was... Uh, homeless children are not funny. It's just... If, I just don't want to make any claims we can be sued for. Okay, well then, I'll take it out then. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And again, subscribe to the RSS feed so you can get up-to-the-minute updates when we post new episodes, whenever they might be. How you doing, man? I... I'm tired. Getting up in the morning is such a pain in the behind. Even when you get a lot of sleep, it's just ugh, ugh. And we get up in the morning to do this. I'm scared of one day potentially doing a morning show and having to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to have to turn my whole life around and just sleep during the day like a vampire. Well, you got to – the morning schedule sucks. And talking to people in radio who have done mornings – for years and years and years they say you never get used to it but i will say <laughs> i feel like you can get used to it because like with my schedule by the time seven o'clock in the morning comes around i've already been up for a couple hours like i i get up even on sundays i don't sleep in past six o'clock you have to be consistent with it otherwise you screw yourself and you sleep in until 8 a.m and then next morning you got to get up at four Woo. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah, you really just have to kind of get used to waking up at 4 o'clock in the old like you're 93 years old. <laughs> Which, I guess, I mean, that's the lifestyle you got to lead to do this. That's the lifestyle you got to lead. Yeah. Um. So, yesterday, we had a magician in the office. And the magician, I wasn't there. I was doing work while everyone else was Oh, you weren't there magician. either? But I No, I did go later. Oh, you like, did? Yeah, and he showed me a couple of tricks. And one of the tricks... Was this deck of cards uh, that every time you guessed it would you would open it up the cards and your car would be flipped over, and like he did it twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And look, dude, he goes, "Oh man, this is, tr- this is a great deck, man. It just it, it I can sell, I actually sell tricks and I'll sell this deck. I got it for a discount." And I'm thinking, you got a deck. That, I mean, and he's a magician. Right. Okay? It's all sleight so, of hand crap. Yeah. It's yes. Yes. But the question is, how does he know which card and when does he flip the card over? Like he was right in front of me. And OK, he was talking about this like it's a simple trick. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It probably is. Right. But I believe that simple trick is that magicians are in league with the devil. I think that obviously Chris Angel is probably like the devil's cousin or something because any man who is that age still wearing eyeliner that's a big no, okay? But <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on a guy on makeup. You know who might be the devil's son though and I'm convinced cuz I've never heard or seen him laugh ever is uh David Blaine. David Blaine? That, that man is definitely the devil. But then you look at like people like Chris Angel, and it's like, okay, it's clearly an act, but it's all slight of he didn't he like cut somebody in half on his show, and everyone's like, oh my god, he cut. 
got somebody here. It's like, do you not know camera tricks? Do you not know how a green screen works? Stop it. Like, cutting people in half is so, like, 1833. Uh, I'm not – I have a story about that 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 I wasn't planning on talking about, but I wrote down in our notes because I need to get this off my chest. We'll talk about it after this segment. But – I will say that when you're Chris Angel... What the hell? You can't just... Yeah, no, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. I, but the Chris Angel thing, he's coming... Uh, I think he's coming to Soaring Eagle. Yeah. Now, my question is this. Is it the same act every single time? Because if it is, I want to be that guy that goes to his next casino show, and I'm like, oh, this is where he does the trick! And I want to ruin it for everybody. Okay, he does do the same act every time, because that's how everything is generated. Yeah. But the minute you anybody thought you were doing that, they would throw you off so fast, you would be airborne. Oh, your feet wouldn't touch... I would gr- disappear. Your feet wouldn't touch ground until your ears did off property. I would okay? love... I would love nothing more I, i'm sorry but like they would shoot your ass off in cannon and, and listen i get it like magic is is cool it's it, it's they launch you on a trebuchet th- that is true yeah it's it's cool and i i get it it's exciting it's something that you know it's all sleight of hand tricks and just like you know moving stuff around without people seeing it's like the people that like will steal your watch while they're talking to you yeah that to me is more fascinating oh than magic God. because the professional pickpocketers that is an art, and so is magic. I'm not going to sit here and say that magic isn't an art. They're both similar in the sense of, like, you don't know what's happening, but the end result, you you almost don't want to know how they did it. I'm, I agree with you that magic, or illusionism, whatever the hell you call it, tricksteration, whatever the hell, it is definitely a art. But when this guy is talking to me about this trick set of cards Mm -hmm. that just happens to know people's stuff, the only other time I knew of anything like that was during Friday the 13th, the TV show. Uh Did you hear about this show? No. Okay, there was a show back on in the 90s called Friday the 13th, the uh, TV show, and it had nothing to do with anything anything like that. It was a shop. You've heard of Needful Things, right? The book by Stephen King? No. Okay, in the book by Stephen King, there's this guy who comes into town, and he has this store. And this store has these things that people want. The problem is he gives away these things, but there's a price to be extracted. Similarly, in the Friday the 13th TV show, these people will buy, like, say, like a guy who's a ventriloquist, he buys a dummy. But the dummy needs blood to work. Mm-hmm. So the he, the dummy... Works Whoa. like any. It works so well. It's unbelievable. He starts to. He he he's he was playing like pawn shops, you know, for pennies. Yeah. And he gets to the point. He's playing like theaters, and people. But like, in where order does he get him, the blood from? Uh, the dummy has to kill people. He has oh. to put the dummy in a position where it gets to stab people. What? Yes. yes and it's yes. called Needful Things. It, no, no. Th- that's the book by Stephen King. Uh, right, right, the right. Show I believe before the book was called Friday the Thirteenth, the TV show. And okay. it was like this group of three people, an old man, a young redhead, and a young white dude that would all, or a young white, redhead, white girl, and a young white dude who would go around and they would find these items and lock them up in the vault inside this store because the, st- the vault was like, it was 
it had holy water on it and prayer and everything else. Yeah. But like <clears throat> they would travel the world looking for these things because these things were hurting people. Okay. Like and you'd say you had like a magical closet, like and it arranged your clothes for you and it made your clothes beautiful. You never had to wash them and everything. The problem is every now and then you had to throw somebody in there and lock the door. And then the dummy does his thing, and no, no, and then like the clothes, the, the closet eats the person. What the in shows are you watching? You are, are you really saying that, Captain y- Horror Man? Yeah, but like that is just like that's like R.L. Stein if he did acid. Yeah, but I watched that stuff when I was like seventeen. <sighs> that explains 16, everything. <laughs> that explains every part of your like weirdness. What the hell? But how is it associated? I, you, I haven't found this show anywhere. I can't find DVDs. I know because now I want to watch it. Yeah. It, oh, it's a great. Sh- I mean, but I was sixteen. Did what it have to do with Jason then? Since it was no fr- nothing to do. with It Jason. was just called. This was entirely it. And really? Something about Friday the Thirteenth when it came around. Yeah, they had to. Be, they had to like. I think if I remember correctly, they had to stay in the shop overnight because on Friday the Thirteenth, the way the moons and stars <laughs> aligned, aligned, evil was especially strong. Yeah, so they had to keep the things from coming out of the vault. So yeah, it, it was. What the hell are it you? Was a, it was a great. Sh- anyway, the yeah. whole point of this is when I look at that deck of cards, and I know that I didn't see this guy pointing cards out. I didn't see him read my. I mean, I didn't hear him. Right. Like. I have. I'm confident. Like, and I'm. I'm not. I'm not prone to hyperbole. Oh, okay. Yes, I am. But I'm not prone to like. Uh, exact. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, I. Mm, <laughs> how do I put this? All I know is after he leaves this office, I'm confident. He just takes a little needle, little prick of blood, and he smears it on the cover. The blood disappears. Oh my and the deck god. Recharges. Okay. That's the only explanation. Are you serious? That's the only Or it could just be a trick deck that he got from the dollar store. I. I'm 100% confident in this theory. I have nothing to back it up. I have no proof. I have no, no I have nothing. It's just, but I know I'm going to buy this trick. Seriously, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to talk to him. Oh, here I, we he's go. Gonna, he appears at a restaurant on Stop Thursday. Today's Thursday, and I'm going there, and I'm getting this trick deck. Well, <laughs> You're gonna see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this out. Oh and if I, have to, if I have to drop blood in order for this thing to work, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was right. Magicians are in league with the devil. I just see you with a top hat and a suit, and you're like, man, see, I'm going to perform some magic here. <laughs> and you have a monocle. And if I did, it would be the greatest performance ever. I just don't understand. I, I Like, being a magician is like being a juggler. A juggler. A juggler. Uh, it's like being a juggle, juggler. Cheese up. Wow, man. Jesus. Welcome to English 101, yeah, bro. Yeah, Dyslexia 101 right here. <laughs> um, it, it, you have to, like, it, people call you out on your BS. Yes. Like, if you screw up, th- you're performing an art. That if you screw up, people, are, you have one shot. That's yes. it. It's not like singing a song to where you can start. You already ruined the magic trick. You got to go yeah. to another trick because at that point, they they literally saw what you were doing. Like yes. you ruined everything. I was actually that jerk once. I was at a bar. Of course uh, you were. Buddies. Yeah, I was. Told, I, I I'm ashamed of myself today. But like this guy was at the bar doing certain magic tricks and stuff, and I literally was trying to like take apart his tricks, like right there, like a like a real jerk. But I didn't tell him that. Ugh. I was just watching, him, like whoa, whoa, watch this. While well, I got my friends, he do the trick over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And there's this one, this rubber band one, right where the rubber band one. You've seen the one with the rubber band? It's like two... No. Ru- okay, there's two rubber bands. You have them wrapped around your middle finger and your thumb on both hands. And you show how they can't intersect, right? Okay. And then through a, a series <clears throat> of maneuvers, you show how you make the rubber bands go through each other so that they lock, right? 
Okay. And I figured out his maneuvers. What was it? I need to know now. Okay. Well, the way you, you, the whole point of, uh, remember the guy who, the pickpocket I think you're talking about is a guy named Apollo something. I can't remember his last name. Okay. But like how he uses one hand distracting you up. Right. Or he'll touch you. Or he'll touch you. And you're not noticing that the touch that's even lighter is the fact that he's removing your watch. Yeah. And so as you see your, you, you don't feel your watch disappearing off your hand while he's touching your shoulder. And right. speaking to you. So it's the point of contact where you're distracted. The and ultimate case, distraction. Exactly. And with these rubber bands, it's like you're moving them, you're moving them, and you gesture and you move. And the whole point is, at some point, you slip your you slip the rubber band underneath the other rubber band. And then when you bring them together, they're touching, but it's on the other side because of the maneuvers. And then... You're inside. People are like, whoa, how did it happen? They feel like they watched the rubber bands go through. But what happened is they saw the rubber bands outside of each other. They saw a whole bunch of gesticulation. And then they saw the rubber bands touching on the inside. And then. So what is he doing in between? He's putting them next to each other. And they're like. Well, what he's doing is he's banging them together. Thanks, Beavis. But he's banging them together. And when okay. he bangs them together, uh, it looks like, oh, OK, he's confirmed yeah. that they're not supposed to do this. Right. So so then he's like doing stuff and he's doing all he's types scissoring of the rubber bands more, 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 more or less. OK. In some point he does some type. And it's like, really, if he's well practiced, which this guy was, mm-hmm. you do a series of maneuvers and very quickly you switch fingers around the rubber band. So that the rub- one rubber band that was on top is now underneath, but they're touching. You're not. They're but not are pulling. they actually connected at any time? No, they're never connected. Oh. But they go. It, it lo- it's like literally. It's out- what you see is that it's outside and it's touching, yeah. and then it's in. It's move. It seems like it's moving through the other rubber band. Yeah. But it's really already touching on the inside, and he just pushes it. How many people do you think have fallen asleep during this discussion that I'm very interested in? But everyone else is like they're talking about magic and rubber bands attaching. So you, you, I'm. Aaron to be- I'm arrogant enough to believe that they're eminently fascinated by this conversation. Eminently. I just picture a young span sitting there like, hey, idiot, I know what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't sound like that as a young span. I just, I just want to let you know. But I was just, I was just like, I totally just played it off. Like, oh my God, do it again, do yeah. it again. And like, after like the fourth or fifth time, I was like, oh, I spotted it. Yeah. And when he was done. Why like, would he do the same trick? That's where you end up getting caught when because, people... Because we were in the club, and he's clearly a young magi- magician, yeah. not an old magician. The young magician knows, move on. Yeah, one uh, one trick, and that's it. Because if you go back on it, even if you show it halfway through, and you're like, oh, are you going to keep... People are grabbing onto what you're doing. Yeah, he had three or four other tricks, but like that was the only one that I remember. And uh, yeah, I totally saw through that. But like, he was pretty good at sleight of hand. Yeah. But I think he was just like, you know, you work in a club and you got pretty girls around. You think, ah, I press them, you know, I get that phone number, you know, da, yeah. da, da, da. So I think that's why he kept doing it. But like now, he'd have been like, I remember this one. You know, he's on a podcast somewhere with, ma- with <laughs> other magicians. Do you think there's a magician podcast? Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure there's <laughs> multiple ones. And, you know, the undercurrent <laughs> that they don't discuss is their leagues with the devil. <laughs> But they're talking, and there's this dude talking. One time, man, this big black dude at the club, man, he totally ruined my trick. Yeah. And I was, they're like, is it the rubber band trick? It's like, yeah. It's like, ah, you got done on the rubber band <laughs> yeah. trick. And he's like, but I was doing it. 
it, man. And this yeah. girl was so pretty, I was distracted because she had the big double D's. <laughs> he just, he just taught, he told my trick in front of everybody, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" You know what's crazy is uh, my uh, my uncle taught me one magic trick, and you grab a cigarette. And you lick your thumb, like where the nail's at, uh-huh. and you put the cigarette up against it to where it's like on your thumb, uh-huh. and you hold it, and you fake flick it, and it sticks to the back of your thumb, and then you grab it behind someone's ear. And I thought it was the coolest trick ever, and I used to do it to people all the time. Wow. Yeah, but like you have to lick your thumb and stick it a certain way because that paper, it isn't, it's not like super glue. It'll move yeah. around. But it's also you have to know how to move your hand in a certain way. Yeah. There's a whole thing about how to flash and dash with your right. hands to distract so people don't know what's really going on. So yeah, I get it. The problem I see with that trick is I'm not paying nine dollars for. Yeah, I know. So I can perform well, that was the same uncle that would uh, he would ash into like. A Sonic cup or a Seven Eleven cup, and he would pour water into it. So when he put the cigarette in there, it fizzed out or whatever. And then he would drink the cup. Yeah, he was weird. He used to be like, like his his dog. He would hold his dog. This is embarrassing. He would hold his dog, and he was one of those dog people to where he would kiss the dog back. In like this weird northern Michigan kind of way that I feel only people in northern Michigan do. It's not just northern Michigan. I don't know what it's it is. The it's the white, white trashness. No, no, no. It's it's white people who have dogs <laughs> who don't have a problem with open mouth kissing it's that so dog. Weird. In the face. It he is, would like man. let the dog he would sit there and like they would be like licking each other, and then he would open his, you know, like open his mouth, and the dog would just. Li- I know, oh, I know, I've seen it, I've seen it. It's making me sick. To I've my seen it. It's like I don't know what is it. White people in open mouth kissing their dog. He probably gave know. that dog cancer because he drank the ashtray juice and then was making out with the dog. No, nah, dogs' mouths are so clean. Remember, dogs that is true when they're when they're puppies. So it's like, Oof. yeah, I don't know what it is, but like I, I think I read somewhere that it's actually healthy for the dog to eat his own poop when he's young. What? Yeah, it's some. It's like kids that touch everything, it's okay because their immune system, like yes, they're getting... their immune system needs to take that whooping so yeah. stronger when they're old. You know what the worst thing is, though, is when you have parents that, and, and listen... Not getting political. I know I say it every single time. I know you get more political than I ever have. I I know, but 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 I will say this: if you have a kid and you helicopter parent them to where you don't let them touch a little dirt every once in a while, they end up growing up to become someone like my best friend that literally is in his forties and gets sick all the time because he had a childhood of being a human hand sanitizer bottle like it was like yeah yeah and then he he met someone that has kids. And those kids are bringing in all the germs oh constantly, and kids he's sick. Twenty, they're not sick because they've got you know they've got all the germs on them. Yes. But their body's like, no, we fought this yes. fight before. He hasn't, so he's gotten strep throat, bronchitis, the flu, everything. Like in a span of a couple months, and he's oh like, I just don't understand it. I'm like, well, if you would maybe realize that you got to get in the trenches of the sickness, you got to yes. like with yes. me. I didn't. Oh get, no, he's doomed. He's yeah. doomed. This is just gonna be his life. Well, now. and that's the thing too. Like you have to build your immune system up yeah and like i always think to myself like the kids that are homeschooled or that never go to daycare their immune system is crap well see a, a parent who has a who who puts their who has their kid in a good homeschool program actually takes them to parks and stuff to play with other kids and interact with other kids yeah and also has lots of other activities so maybe they not they don't spend six hours a day trapped in a poorly ventilated building right with crappy food for lunch yeah uh, but they are still being around kids and experiencing kids and building their antibodies i think that you just hit on something 
too. Eating that crappy, like that's prison food and school food are one in the same. You Dude. can't tell me. Like I think back to some of the food that we used to get served during school, oh and God. I get it. Free lunches and discounted lunches. Some kids just like their parents can't. I was on that discounted lunch or free lunch. Like my yeah. parents couldn't afford lunch for me every day. And growing up, looking back at it now, I'm like, man, I was excited for pizza day. Yes, and I think of the pizza, like when they would have the Mexican pizza day. Like just thinking about it is making me making me sick to my stomach. Dude, there was when we had Lansing Five One Seven Day. I met this guy named Dave who mm-hmm. has this food truck called Clyde's Pit. And if you ever have the occasion to be around Clyde's Pit, his burnt ends are his Kansas City. What burnt is burnt ends? ends? I'm, I'm not familiar. I don't know what burnt ends. They're like they're like the. It's like a it. It's like rib tips. Okay. But they're like cut up, I think. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And his are from, his are Kansas City style, just special system of seasoning. Mm-hmm. But they were unbelievable. Now, the problem is that like, well, there's no problem with it, actually. The whole point is that um, if you have occasion to to have Clyde's Pit, like try the burnt ends, try the mac and cheese. It's just, his food is bananas. But he was discussing with me. The whole uh, smoking meat smoking process. Yeah, and there's two elements to making good brisket, which is basically the staple of capable like barbecue. It's uh, the smoke and the amount of smoke, or the length of time, and then the cut of the meat. Okay. Now, if you have a poor cut of meat, then you need to have that thing smoking for an excessive long time, mm-hmm. and you have to prepare it a certain way. And it's it's more work than it's worth. So you have to buy. And he told me four different levels of meat that he deals with, or that he has dealt with in his experience messing with brisket. And he said, "There's four. The four grades. The top one is wagyu, and the third one is choice. That's what he works with. Wagyu okay. is too expensive. Wagyu's from Japan. It's from these specially treated cat. These the cows. meat gets imported from Japan. No, it's it's a style of raising cattle. Okay, in Japan. Because remember, Japan ain't got a ton of pasture land. Right, they got to figure it out. Yeah, and because they got to figure it out. I mean, you have a you have these." You have this highly marbled, which means lots of fatty fatty tissue in between the, the muscle tissue. Um, it's highly marbled meat that's prized across the world because it's not easy to get because it's very expensive to produce. Yeah. Um, and it's a style that's not repeated here, so you're not going to get wag you grow domestically. I mean, it's the grass that they feed them. That's what's crazy else. when you think about that, like yes. what a cow goes through. Yes. It's it's the whole process from yes. birth all the way until death. Yes. And then yes. when you get the meat, it's what spices do you use? Yes. What smoker do you use? Yes. What uh, instrument or style do you use yes. to, to make it hot? Like it's yes. so many things. So you got the third level, which is the choice. The second level, which is okay, but not that great. And the first level that he said they put in school kids lunches and i was like yes yes i was like oh my that's so gross yes it's just like when i think it's like slop and i understand it's cost per point it's cost per person that you're feeding you want it to be as little as possible but then you think about that growing up like with me i didn't find out until this and, and technically i've never gotten an allergy test done um, my wife ordered me one and you got to take like three or four pieces of your hair put it in a thing send it off and they test your hair to see what allergies you have wow yeah she paid like 50 bucks for it i gotta get it done but i, was about to say, I know what are you, what are you I, I know i'm gonna do it this weekend such a jerk i know seriously i've been called i've been called a lot worse <laughs> um, but it, 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 looking back 
I didn't realize, like, I went through most of my teenage years with terrible stomach pains. Terrible. Like, I could never figure it out. And it was always after I ate. But it was from, like, four or five years old all the way up until last year that I couldn't figure out what it was. I had oh lactose intolerant tests. I had upper GIs. I had lower GIs where they put the thing in the camera and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've had everything. I've had... By count- the way, when he said thing and he gestured toward his posterior... Well, yeah. So I gotta, fun, you know, fun, I gotta fun. explain it to the people that are listening. They can see this. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can totally see you gesticulating towards your posterior. Yeah, so uh, I've ha- had all these tests. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And then last year, actually, uh, on the 26th, it will mark one year that I stopped eating gluten. And I've noticed such a change in my body in the sense of I don't have stomach pains after I eat, you know, and not to be too graphic, but it's like literally 10, 15 minutes later I'm in the bat. But I think about how much of growing up eating all of this crap for so many years, including school lunches, affected my health to where I'm at now. I mean, when you think about it, like, and I don't eat super healthy. I just don't eat bread and pasta and I don't drink beer or anything that has gluten in it or wheat or anything. But our bodies are naturally not supposed to digest wheat. We're not supposed to. Like, it's literally something that was grown by humans that we put in food that, for the most part, is the most delicious thing ever. It's also just pretty much a cheap filler. It's literally a cheap filler. Yeah. But what you don't understand is they put it in everything. Everything. Like, there's there's yeah. stuff like that you would never expect to have wheat. Uh, dude, fried chicken oh. is there. But wings. Like, even, wings, like, my there. favorite thing in the whole entire world is Buffalo Wild Wings. And I never understood why, after I ate those boneless little gems with Parmesan garlic all over them, mm-hmm. why I was dying afterwards. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like clockwork, man. Like, I could tell you right now, since switching to this diet, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, herbal medicine and everyone needs to eat grass every day. Like, no. <laughs> I'm just saying what worked for me but i cannot like i can instantly tell well it's about five or ten minutes after if i consume Mm -hmm. wheat because it just destroys my body but my thing is is why isn't it that every kid and this is going to be government conspiracy whatever why isn't it that every kid at a certain age you get an allergy test and it's recommended so then that way when the school lunches come and obviously cost per point i get it but these kids are developing stomach issues, I think, from the school lunches and developing, you know, I would even go as far to say, like, what sugar does to the body and to the mind and everything yes. like that, which I have an energy drink almost every day and I drink coffee. I'm, I'm you know, stupid is as stupid does. But you got to look at some of these things that we're putting in our bodies at such a young age. Like, you got to figure, kindergartners don't get to choose what they want for, for lunch or breakfast. They no. get served. Well, actually, they do because you have children. And uh, your children are finicky as to what they eat, right? Yeah, but I'm saying like when the school system comes along, like you don't get to choose. You're getting yeah, see, your carton of milk, yes, and I agree, yeah. you know. But I also think that it, this is where you get into the debate of: Do you let the kids choose what they want to eat, or do you force them? Because there's there's parents out there that are forcing kids to be vegetarians. To me, I don't agree with that. I don't say force. I'm not saying force your kids to have a certain eating philosophy. Mm-hmm. Just force them to make sure that they eat food that's not going to rack their body sideways. But, but when do you when do you stop making the choice for them and let them make their own choices? And see, and here's here's where here's where although I want kids to eat well when they're young, I actually advocate for the preeminence of junk food in their diet. Really? Yes, because I remember there was a kid I used to be best friends with when I was growing up. We had my birthday party. And at my birthday party, when I was like, I don't know, 9 or or 10 or 11 something, I had a whole bunch of family and friends stay the night. Okay. My friend... 
his family were health food nuts. He'd never eaten a real pancake. It was all like these special health food pancakes. And we're talking about health food in like the late 80s, early 90s. Really? No, in the mid to late 80s. So health food back then he had never was had harder a pancake? to find and more expensive. Yes. Yeah, he'd never had like a pancake <sighs> with like r- real flour. Uh-huh. He'd never had like the sugary syrup. He'd only had fresh real maple syrup that probably fell out of a tree like a week beforehand. Uh-huh. So his family made sure he ate the best of everything. Like when they had blueberry pancake show, them was blueberries and then pancakes was like I mean, if you made them in the forest by yourself, like I, I used to say that his family used to do a lot of like foraging in the backyard and throwing it on a plate. <laughs> but I mean, they did a lot to make sure that his diet was exquisite. Yeah. And then he came to my place, had cake, ice cream, and Doritos. <laughs> All in one sitting? To start. Oh, okay? no. He had everything on earth that a oh, child would no. dream of, and which is why when we woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning, he wasn't there. Oh. He placed an emergency call to his parents because he was throwing up and he didn't know why. That's crazy. But it's, I mean, that's what's going to happen when your body's not used to it. Exactly. L- exactly. Like in my situation, if I was to go have a bunch of gluten right now, I would be dead. Like, not dead, but I would be. But you wouldn't find me. I would be locked in the big, toilet. <laughs> but there's a big difference between you being a 30-year-old man stop eating gluten right. and a 9-year-old man. That's the, and that's where I think you got to let kids live. It goes back yes. to the whole immune system and the whole, you know, um, letting them get a little dirty yes. and letting them be around germs. Yes. Because when you put a kid in a bubble, just like I don't – like the whole homeschool thing, I understand it. It, it. It's a different alternative. You have some one-on-one time with your child for X amount of hours during the day, and I get that. Yeah. And, and it is important. But it's also important to socialize. It's also important to meet jerk-face people in life. Because mm-hmm. if you're homeschooled and you're in this bubble to where you're eating vegetables and paper every day and you're learning about you know the world and everything, that's fine. But when you go out into the real world, it's almost like imprisoning your kid, I feel. And, and again, there's different ways to raise kids. I'm not saying, you know, my way is the best or anyone else's way is the best. But putting them in that bubble, to where, I just picture this kid just like, this is what heaven is like. And he's got all, he's got bags of Doritos and cake Dude. and ice cream. And then at, like an hour later, he's like, I'm dying. Oh, like, man, I can't, I can't imagine the tumult his body was going through. Yeah. But I know his tongue for about an hour and a half was in pure and total ecstasy. Well, and that's the thing, too. It, 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 it's that mouth pleasure. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's totally what it it's is. It's that, you know, and I think about it like when I get a frosty, yeah, I have a, I have a, a thing that I do almost every Sunday. And, and this is bad. And this is probably why I'm not losing weight as much as I should. But I do this thing where I get a frosty and then I get a jar of peanut butter and I scoop a peanut butter and I do a scoop of frosty. And I do that and I get halfway through that and I'm miserable at the end of it. But that 15 minutes of mouth pleasure was totally worth it, man. And then for the next hour, I'm like sugar comatose. Just like I feel like like soot. Just like soot is in my body, just digesting itself. Oh and it's God. just like, but it's, it, it, that's the thing. When you look at, you look at how people eat. And even with myself, like I'm a junk food lover, but I also, you got to discipline yourself. And that's the hardest part. I have no discipline. Like I have discipline enough to get up early and go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like lunchtime or dinner time, like I'm like, this is my time to shine and I'll eat anything that's in front of me. Yeah. See, I can't do that no more because I'm fat. And but I'm, you're, and I'm in my forties. And like, when stop it. No, when you're fat in your forties, when you're fat in your forties, like there's a whole your body's basically saying, "All right, bro, figure it out," <laughs> because this is not working. But the thing is, is you're not. I was talking to you about this last week. You and my buddy Mark. 
You guys have a certain build to yourself. I can yeah, never I'm picture. Still, I'm still a 320 pound year old man. But, but when you told me you were 300, 320 pound year old, what did I just say? <laughs> what did I just say? When you said, when you told me last week that you were 320 pounds, my jaw dropped to the floor because the thing is, is there's certain builds to people. Like yeah. with my buddy Mark, he's uh, almost, I want to say almost six feet tall. Now he's like probably five ten, five eleven, and he's about 300 pounds. But he's got a build like you to where like. I can never picture you skinny. You would look so weird skinny. I would look, as, as a skinny man, I would look like I was 17. But the thing is, is you know those people, and, and I'm not trying to be rude, I'm just trying to give you like a diagram yeah, or yeah, a vision, but you know the people that, that are so big that their ankles are the size of tree trunks, and they walk like almost with their gut facing forward yeah. and their arch back, because that's how they, you're not, yeah, you have not, a lot of muscles, and that's the sti- thing. But still, like, it's not a healthy way to be at. But anyway, all that, wait, what the point, how do, how did I get here? No, but the point, what weight should, like, when you go to doctor, what do they say you I, should weigh? They, they don't say anything. Doctors kind of look at me like, you need to lose weight. Like, really? I, honestly, I think my ideal weight is probably about 220. A hundred pounds skinnier? Yeah. I couldn't imagine you a hundred pounds skinnier. I'm just kidding. And I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to be banging <laughs> me. We ain't dating. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't. I don't I th- care what you're attracted to. <laughs> I like 320 pounds, man. I don't want 220. I just feel like it's your build. It's who you are as a person. And and sure, you've grown to be this person. And I'm sure you could have taken a different path to where you're eating paper every day and you're 190 pounds. But that's not the span that I like. I like the span that you because you. If we we're sitting at a bar and things got sour. You've got a lot of weight behind that punch. I feel like I feel like you when it comes to fighting, you are the haymaker king. No, actually, I've never thrown a punch on a human being in my life. Never. And that's after five years of working security jobs. You're lying. I've bounced in. Let's see. I've bounced in two different bars. One was a strip club. One was a cl- college bar. Uh, I used to do security for the Palace and the Palace and Pine Knob and Meadowbrook. Uh, and you've never, I mean, obviously I've with never a bouncer. A punch or kick, and I've had N bombs hurled at me, yo. Oof. Yeah, I've never oh. thrown a punch or kick because, like, I mean, I've thrown people out. I have picked people up and tossed them out of my, I mean, you don't really have to throw a punch if you right. to conduct yourself. If you're a, a good way. security guard, you don't have to throw a punch. I mean, sometimes you have to defend yourself. Right. But, like, there's ways to subdue a human being without having to put them, without having to throw a punch. That is true. Throwing a punch, like, even if you're a skilled technician, is probably that and throwing a kick are two of the most inaccurate, difficult things to actually connect with and leave exposed. There's so many other ways to subdue Have you Have you ever gotten punched in the face? Yes. Okay. Because yes. I feel like... Uh, oh, I have sparred before. Okay. So I don't call that... Well, yeah, fighting. but that's sparring. But I feel yeah. like it, until you get punched in the face and realize what another human can do to you, you haven't been ego-checked. Oh, uh, dude, I threw a kick so hard on a guy when I was sparring once. I, <laughs> I left toe imprints on his ribs. See, and that's the thing. But I feel <laughs> like... Surreal. I've gotten choked out before. And I've oh, also, that's not fun. I've, oh, also, that's not fun. I've also choked people out. And I'm 5'8", 170 pounds. Like, I'm a small dude, and I can admit that. I, I feel like I don't have a Napoleon complex because I used to get my ass beat in high school. <laughs> I used to get beat up and choked out, and it sucks. It's the worst feeling ever. <laughs> but it humbles you. And I feel like we live in a world now to where not enough people have been punched in the face. No, straight up. <laughs> like, I for think, real. I think everybody should 
learn what a punch in the face feels like it sucks. from one person when they realize, holy smokes. Like, and the, there's you'll have your few who, like, you know, they catch that punch in the face yeah. and they're energized. Like, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. When, yeah. Oh, my God. You see it in UFC fighters. Like, there's a fighter. My favorite fighter of all time lately is Tony Ferguson. And Tony Ferguson is one of those people to where the first round, it's fun and exciting. But until he gets a little blood in his mouth or a little cut across his eye, once he gets that, it's like, and you can see it in certain people. And I've seen it, you know, out at, you know, at bars and stuff. You see people that get drunk and they get that fire in their eyes. They get that yeah. little look. And you've dealt with it with security. Yes. To where there's certain people to where they get tased. They don't care. They're still moving forward. They, there's five guys on them. They're still moving. And it's like, those are the monsters you got to watch out for. Those people yeah. are not human. Those people. Those people, those people can be subdued, but not with physical debt, physical pain. You have to hit them emotionally. But and you that, have to like, you have to say, "I'm gonna call your mom." Right? Like, wait, wait, you're gonna but call my mom? But the thing is, it's that liquid courage too, man. man. You see it all the time. You see certain yes. people to where, like with me, I quit drinking mainly because of the whole gluten stuff. Like I've had yeah. one drink in the past year, and it's for my birthday, and I hated it. I drank half of it. I was like, "This is disgusting." <laughs> but I, certain people. There should be like a tattoo on them or a little message that says do not feed alcohol because certain people, man, I mean, I've seen it. They get that, you know, 100 mile stare in their eyes like they've seen some stuff in their life and you can't stop them. Yeah, and it's I, terrifying. I could literally tell when I was at Palace Pine Knob Meadowbrook how difficult my confrontation with someone was going to be to step off the concourse by how much beer I could smell in their breath. Ooh, At yeah. the time, I did not drink beer. Yeah. So the smell of beer I found to be rancid and disgusting. So I could easily detect it. Like now, because I drink beer, I can't detect the smell as easily. But back then, I could smell it across the way. So if I if I go up to a dude and I'm like, hey man, you gotta back above the concourse, by the breath he exhaled with his first word, you can't I knew, tell me nothing. Exactly. I knew whether it was going to be a five second confrontation or a minute and a quarter yeah and if it got to a minute and a half we're probably gonna throw his ass out in about yeah. 10, 20 minutes anyway now what was crazy to me because you you talked multiple times about working security is it and maybe you don't know this now because you're not in the in the field working security but it seemed to me like back in the day if you had a joint you were getting kicked out like it was but it also depends on who the security guard that you were dealing with was okay you're i'm smiling now because Absolutely. There's there's the police have a term for certain police people who they know are more likely to get into a altercation with a with a potential assailant. Okay. Uh they're called hard chargers. And I definitely dealt with hard chargers when I was in security. Guys who were there not to enforce the peace, but to use any excuse to get into some type of altercation so they could blow off some steam on somebody. Did you witness like security guards like beat the crap out of somebody? I can just either confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah. I guess you got it legal wise. You can't say anything. I can't say anything here, but I wouldn't say anything outside of here either. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> Look, dude, I'm not incriminating myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a snitch, bro. I'm not a snitch, man. I'm not a snitch. So anyway, the like, so I've, I, 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 I met those dudes. I knew those dudes. I had, I had dinners and meals with those dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it disappointed me. So I made sure, however I could, to intercede if I saw that potentiality happening. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it happened often. I just saw that it was possible. Right. I'm not saying it happened ever. Right. But I saw that it was possible. I made sure to intercede however possible. And intercession meant. You literally step between this dude, and it's always a dude, and this person. Yeah. And you're like, yo, you need to back up. And da, da, da. And more often than not, 
you know, things can be settled pretty amicably. Yeah. I mean, even if they're going to be jerks about it at some point, it's like, look, if we have to come back, we're going to throw you out. Right. Like, I'm totally like that with kids, too. Like, I treat grownups like children. It's like, <laughs> you, if they're misbehaving, you take away the thing they like. If right. they're behaving, you give them more of the things that they like. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like... If you That's are life mis- in general. Exactly. That's why you come to work. Exactly. <laughs> we give you a check and we continue to give one. Exactly. And if you're bad, we take your check away yes. and fire you. Yes. So when someone is acting up at the at the at the at the show, all I would say is, look, if I have to come back, we're not gonna we're not gonna warn you. We're just gonna walk you out the door. Right. And uh, okay, now they know this is the end line, and it is happening. We've had to throw people out. Uh, I would say my most physical altercation with a custom with a customer, I guess is what you call them. Yeah. Or guest. Well, it's customer service. Yes, it was at um, a village people show. What? Yes, yes. This 220-pound dude who um, he had, whatever reason, he had like his extra wine spritzer that day. (laughs) And he decided that he was going to just totally antagonize this one chubby white broad. Uh I don't know why. It was a guy antagonizing a girl? Yes, but it was like, this man... uh, I believe by his vocal patterns and his drinks of choice may have been a homosexual. Okay. Now, I don't know if he was a homosexual. This is entirely my conjecture. But my understanding of homosexuals, even as a sheltered, you know, religious school going kid, was that homosexuals and women had no beef. So I see this dude beefing with this chick and I can't for the life of me figure out why those two are beefing. She says she doesn't understand. He has a litany of accusations <laughs> against her. And I'm just like, this dude just must have emotional problems. Yeah. Maybe he needs to go to a mental facility. I don't know. So anyway, like we, we tell him, yo, if we got to come back here, you got to go. And he's like, I don't care. You do whatever you want. So like, okay, whatever. And this is a 220 pound man. Did you guys walk away at that point and just let him simmer yes. down? No, okay. we walked away and we stood at about a 20, about like a 30, 40 yard distance. Right. And then uh, we saw him yelling at the girl again. And we watched it happen. He totally instigated it. Like, mm-hmm. she was not talking to him. She was not looking at him. She did not say anything or gesticulate in his direction. He literally just walked up to her, got up in her face, and started yelling and pointing at her. Wow. Like, I don't, we don't know what got on them before that, but we had told them, at this point, you got to go. Yeah. So we got over there, and we was about to grab them. So the way we would grab people is we were one person on each side, and we wrap our arms around that person's arm and we walk them out the door right um and the way we hold them is that we hold them forward in front of us in case for some reason they cause us to go to the ground right which up to this moment i had worked ozfest i had worked corn shows i had worked a multitude of shows and i had never had to worry about hitting the ground first until this man decided to try and kick my kneecap out from underneath me like almost like a horse kick yes, like backwards he tried, okay he, his leg went up like a rocket and came <laughs> Came back with all the force he could muster, Ooh, and it only which takes from five his pounds of pressure. Strong buttocks, I believe, was pretty substantial because <laughs> my legs went out from underneath me, and his chest hit the ground first because I had him forward. Right, my boy had him forward, and he hit the ground first. So he had no defense for his face. He came up fine, but I mean, he instigated that face entire first thing. into the concrete. Yeah, it was crazy. So we walk him out, and he's cussing us out. He's telling us we're awful that we're letting her get away with everything on earth, mm-hmm. and it was like that was the roughest altercation I ever had working 
fucking shows. But yeah, there's no need to throw a punch. You can subdue people. You have all the power. Right. Why are you trying to hurt people? Right. And the thing is, too, is it's it's strength in numbers, too. Because if you're one person or if you're a fight, you know, it's just like in the in the prison system. There's, you know, 100 inmates to one, you know, one uh, guard. And it's, it's one of those situations to where, you know, it, wow, that's great. And, you know, you're lucky, too, because it literally, like I said, it only takes five pounds of pressure to break a kneecap. Five nope. pounds. Nope. What? It do- no, you're right. No, oh. I, it, <laughs> I was like, it takes less? You're right. You're right. No, it's, the kneecap is so sensitive. Yeah. Like, and you mess up your kneecap, you're done. Yeah. You're done. You, yeah. I mean, they can only do so much. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I'm not trying to have my patella rotated. Yeah, no, I don't even know what that is. You use so many big words. The you patella could, is that you could tell you went to college. On the front of your knee, you sure, sure. I just call that the big bone in front of my knee. <laughs> <laughs> about eight more syllables than you need. But okay, okay, I'm rolling with it. That wraps up this episode of the Art and Span Show. Are we done already? It's always I get around 45 minutes, man, and I start. That's when the suits come in. That's when we got to wrap things Lord up. Lord have mercy. I know it's always a fun time uh, doing the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure uh, that you subscribe to the RSS feed, that you uh, spread the word, post the link from the Q106 page onto your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, spread the word about this show. We're going to get like analytics or statistics in like the next couple days, so that'll be nice. We'll a couple be days, not behind the next few weeks. Yeah, well, it will happen. Uh, have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And again, make sure that you subscribe. <laughs>